0: Overland. 2018, um, the year where everything changes, uh, and welcome also to episode 65 of the Metabilis 2 podcast, with me Ben, <laughs> and me David, hooray that's us, and I think this week we are going to, well this week, this uh, uh, since the last podcast that we did Mm -hmm. there has been a new episode of doctor who our favorite tv show huzzah (laughs) huzzah so we are going to be doing a podcast about it um it was a christmas episode
1: it was called twice upon a time Ooh, a little bit of a pun there it's a moffat's finale and capaldi's finale uh yes everyone's finale
0: and uh i guess we're just going to tell you what we thought of it what did Mm -hmm. we think of it david
1: Uh, oh putting you on the spot there very Moffat esque. I think it touched touched upon many of the things that Moffat more or less focused on during his time as showrunner. Really, not much of a plot there. Very no thematic uh, exploration of theme. The theme of uh, of memory, I think, was the. Uh, yeah. the focus upon it and it reminded me a lot of uh dark water death in heaven of yeah it seemed to be an, a, another take on uh the as bill said we're just a collection of memories right right and so we have the uh, addition of testimony and uh basically is everything moffat everything moffat in this final one aside from river song and i guess there's a little bit of river song when the doctor said spoilers when he yeah tipped that it was the first world war i'm
0: surprised she didn't turn up in the kind of like flashbacky things Hmm.
1: A little bit, but Yeah, that would have been uh that would have been good, but really River Song was more of a Matt Smith thing. We did have we did yeah, have true. Capaldi doctor saying goodbye to River in The Husbands of River Song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Hmm. So, uh very evasive on uh on that, so <laughs> What did you think of it?
0: Um, didn't like it that much. <laughs> no, I thought it was a I just thought it was just um It was okay, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I think everyone, not everyone, I think we all, everyone who listens to this podcast knows how much I'm not that big fan of kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, regeneration episodes where the main theme of the episode is regeneration. And this really was.
1: Oh, doubly so.
0: (laughs) It was like the last five minutes of David Tennant's uh, regeneration, (laughs) end of time, Mm -hmm. uh, only stretched out to an hour. (laughs) It didn't help actually that I I watched it first off on BBC America Mm, um, with with my commercials, (laughs) with my pal Greg and his delightful companion Mm Jean and their awesome dog Frankie. Uh, It didn't help that it was BBC America, which is just which is really pants to be honest. BBC America commercials and
1: so like where would they stick the commercials and stuff.
0: They just stuck them all the way through, and then they did weird little recaps uh, mm. as if you'd forgotten the past <laughs> 10 minutes. Because, uh, yeah, it's anyway, I didn't realize BBC America was quite so bad. Um, luckily, I was able to watch it again without commercials, which mm-hmm. was helpful. But it was very, very slight stuff. I mean, it was really kind of Capaldi running around saying, goodbye, I'm Capaldi, really. Right. It was nice to have... Uh, Bradley doing the first Doctor. It was an okay first Doctor. I think they sent him up a little bit too much. Right. And we can maybe touch on that. Mm-hmm. I am, I mean, much as I love Mark Gatiss, I am a little bit bored of his kind of quizzical Englishman um, impersonation that he does, which he laid on with a trowel um, <laughs> with as... Hamish, Lethbridge-Stewart. Spoiler alert. Yep. Oh, I'm supposed to say that before I say Hamish. Uh, sorry, <laughs> now, I? That's true.
1: Ha- has Gatus uh, remind me? Has he done the stereotypical British uh, gentleman kind of... in Doctor Who before? Or is oh, not more... in not really in okay, Doctor Who. More... But yeah. But I'm thinking, you know, his
0: when he you know when he's being Mycroft Holmes in Sherlock, right. or you know any any potential character in you know League of Gentlemen. Right. Uh, that just kind of raised eyebrow, not raised eyebrow, but, you know, sort of stammery, raised eyebrowy, hairy. It's kind of his you know. shtick. It's one of his shticks, and he does it really, really well. Right. Um, I, I guess I would have hoped for something slightly more different from him if mm-hmm. this is, again, his kind of valedictory performance. Right. It doesn't appear that he's going to be returning under the chib. As far um, as we know,
1: not for the first... He's not a first Chibnall series writer by he's any not of a, means. Yeah, exactly. And I think,
0: you know, I think maybe like Moffat also... Maybe he's uh told all the stories that he can tell really in, in <laughs> well, Doctor. If
1: this was uh, evidence of that, I think. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um you know, I know I'm a big fan of the Daleks, I always to see, always like to see Daleks. I did like the planet of like little Daleks with them all running around and jumping mm-hmm. on people's faces and stuff. I think that was that was good. Rusty is not a beloved character as much as we might want him to be, so mm-hmm. it was like, I hang on, which one was that? Well, oh it, yes, from it, the second episode. Right,
1: yes. so I mean that was a nice kind of a complete arc if <laughs> not much of an arc but no, you know uh, bookends it, yeah. bookends I think. More a complete bookend, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the whole idea of Rusty the Dalek would have been interesting to explore throughout the Capaldi tenure but we didn't. No, we didn't. So we just kind was, of came back and oh there he is. Yes. Right. So I mean in in a way it's I felt that uh, it it was leaning very heavily on just, okay, we have uh, an impression of the first doctor. We have an impression of Bill. We have Capaldi and memories. And I kept looking for the plot. I mean, the plot was very thinly veiled with the captain and being returned to his place of death or his anointed right, time right. of death and testimony yeah and were they good or bad and the doctor decided they're good and i'm not i'm not particularly sure i agree with that assessment that uh, what what purpose do they have other than preserving memories and is that necessarily good yeah i i think
0: i think the what purpose do they have thing wasn't really fully answered to me um you know why they were doing what they were doing and
1: they're super powerful
0: yeah yeah they it's it's more powerful than i would expect something to be
1: they have time travel they can st- Extract uh, stop memories the, stop the tardis
0: yeah they can they can look like a slightly unconvincing cgi glass people um, yeah i thought you were going
1: to say slightly unconvincing clara slightly unconvincing
0: <laughs> clara people um, yeah, I mean, you know, they're uh, blah, 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 blah. they're the fag end of a plot, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, well,
1: I kept looking for the plot. There really, really wasn't much no, of a plot. Not really, and a story here. It's it's an exploration of a theme, and if that is if that's what you like about Moffat's writing, his uh, exploration of themes, and you know, this was wonderful. But I just kind of. Going into it, you know, I wasn't looking for it because I really don't like regeneration at Christmas. I much prefer the David Tennant approach, where you have the first story of yep. the Doctor's tenure. And Chibnall did not want to do Jodie Whittaker having her first story at Christmas and then waiting what eight, nine, ten months before the yeah. rest of the story. You get too much of the twin dilemma type.
0: Yeah, which makes sense. But I mean, it would have been it would have been great to have more of Jodie in it. I'm afraid I I was. Really, really looking forward to seeing her mm-hmm. uh, her doctor. And we didn't really see her doctor at all, to mm-hmm. be honest. Well, um, but
1: what you would expect yes i mean
0: more than what you would expect which is you know a kind of of gratuitous falls out of the tardis Mm -hmm. which she's just going to be rescued from in the net in the next five seconds of the first first five seconds of the next episode
1: perhaps you know we 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 can well maybe she's going to die yeah well no we can we can speculate i mean she she obviously is going to come out okay but are we going to have a series where she's looking for the tardis or is she separated from the tardis oh you think so Wow! Is she kind of stranded on Earth? It? it kind of looked like the way the TARDIS is, the inside of the TARDIS is on fire. The console room is on fire. Um, Whitaker Doctor is falling out, um, falling towards, I guess, Sheffield, and the TARDIS <laughs> dematerializes in flame. So maybe well, th- maybe the reveal wow. of the Jodie Whitaker Doctor, where she found the TARDIS in the forest... Maybe that is actually something that's going to happen later on in Series 11 where she finally reconnects with the TARDIS. So maybe this whole thing is sort of like a Season 7 where the Doctor is stranded on Earth really without time travel.
0: Wow. Well, have, you, have you just made that up or, or, or did, did you read that somewhere?
1: Now, I haven't read it anywhere, but I, I think the, the, wow. the, the I... Gen, general, general thought is that's, that... That's...
0: That's kind of smart. I hadn't thought
1: about that at all. Maybe the doctor is and that kind of I think that also plays to the whole ensemble cast where you don't really have a traveling companion.
0: That would play to the ensemble cast. Yes. Yeah. Isn't there isn't there an arc? There's an arc in the BBC Doctor Who novels with the uh uh, with the Eighth Doctor, isn't there, where he's he he's lost his memory and he doesn't have the Tardis and he wanders about a bit. Hmm. Um, hmm. I'm pretty sure there's an arc of like four or five books where he does mm-hmm. that. I, I think I've only re- only read one of them and I can't remember what it was called. Um, that's that's really intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that yeah, that would make sense with all these, uh, you know, with the two young people and the old person mm-hmm. um, as our companions. And you know, the, obviously, you know, that would make a quite for for a kind of a crowded mm-hmm. Tardis. But if it's on Earth, um, it would make for a crowded house instead, where they all live together. Or
1: just a neighborhood, where you know she lands in Bradley Walsh's uh, front garden or something like that. Yeah, you know?
0: in Sheffield, lovely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they um, have not They, I believe, that's where they've been filming around in and around Sheffield. Every
0: every planet has a Sheffield. <laughs> every planet has a Sheffield. Now
1: Sheffield isn't in Yorkshire, is it? Or is is it? Oh my God. <laughs> A
0: thousand Yorkshire people have just stabbed and killed you. Um, it's in South Yorkshire.
1: Okay, so well, yeah. that that obviously aligns with uh, Whitaker's accent. Then
0: every country, every planet has a Yorkshire. Yeah. Yep. Sadly, every planet has a Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, Yorkshire. Having lived for many years in Yorkshire, Yorkshire, I actually love you, but you can be a bit painful from time to time. I lived in I lived in West Yorkshire. Um,
1: well, when were you in Yorkshire?
0: When I lived in Leeds, that's mm. that's um, that's where, that's West Yorkshire, and then South Yorkshire is Sheffield, and then mm-hmm. North Yorkshire is just some fields <laughs> with with a crow.
1: A perfect place to crash when you're <laughs> falling out of the Toyota. Perfect place to crash.
0: Yep, yep. I mean Sheffield. Uh, you know Sheffield's. It's, you know it's kind of an, you know post-industrial town. It was the heart of the British steel industry for many years. Famously got got destroyed by an atomic bomb in Threads. A lot of, <laughs> lot, lot of stuff going on in Sheffield. A lot of stuff going on in Sheffield.
1: Think we'll um, have a Threads Doctor Who crossover then? A Threads Doctor
0: Who I, I hope. Have you seen Threads?
1: Mm, I've only seen uh, Bits and Bobs on YouTube. Oh,
0: God. Well, uh, that's, that, it's, it's, a, it's not a very happy watch if that's something that you're interested in watching. Um, so hopefully there is not a Threads Doctor Who crossover. Um, where were we? We've kind of kind of gone off on a tangent. Oh, Sheffield! No, I was admiring your skill of of, of you should be writing for Doctor Who. That's that's a really good plot. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, what do we think of of, of I, I I guess I mean to be honest, it's a, a lot of this is my fault as usual. I had my heart set on
1: Oh, the big stomping and cyber battles. I uh,
0: yeah, I I wanted to see the 10th planet cybermen in their proper 10th planet environs, you know, in mm-hmm. snow on in the snowcap base, um stomping about wearing their parkas. Right. I wanted I wanted more of the Earthstats Ben and Polly, mm-hmm. etc. So I didn't get any of that. So that I I think I started off being disappointed, um which is my fault because I shouldn't <laughs> have decided that that's what I wanted the episode to be. So, mm-hmm. you know,
1: what did you think of uh, the recasting of Ben and Polly uh, for the brief moment that they're...
0: Well, I mean, blink and you missed them. I mean, I think they were okay. I, what's confusing, what's a little bit confusing to me is that why they didn't just use the Ben and Polly that they used for an adventure in time and space. Why well, they used a different Ben and Polly. Maybe they couldn't get hold of them. That's or, true.
1: Or they couldn't act very well or... Or maybe, they, well, they mm-hmm. they barely
0: acted in this one. But yes, mm-hmm. no, that's true.
1: Yeah, well, they're supposedly in the then what they showed in the theater. They had quite a bit of Tenth Planet scenes re-dramatized. By oh, you 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 watched this in the theater, did you? No, I didn't. But these are clips in. Oh, uh, gotcha, right? Yeah. That, okay. that that someone recorded off the screen in the theater of uh, reenacting enacting certain. Pivotal scenes in the 10th planet with the, I guess Lily Travers and Jared Garfield were Polly and Ben, and then okay. obviously David Bradley as the doctor. So they had reenacted some of them. So I'm guessing when this comes out on uh, Blu ray, was... yeah, they're extras.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that sold the Blu ray, that sold the DVD to me, mm-hmm. sadly. Um, <laughs> good. Well, would were there, were there any Cybermen or did they not do the Cybermen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So. And they showed good. like
1: the, uh, Cybermen being drained of energy when Mondas, Ooh. yeah. So, Well, I want to see that. Okay, well, that's that. That's
0: good. I mean, I I don't know why they couldn't have put more of that in the special, because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's not as if people aren't. You know, I think the, uh, I think the Mondasian Cybermen were really successful when they were being mm-hmm. when they were brought back at the at the you know the final finale of the of the last series. So it's not mm-hmm. as if the kids aren't kind of like, what are those things? Right. We, we know what they are and we think they're cool. So that's a bit disappointing.
1: My guess is that Talloway or Moffat decided that it just didn't work with the pacing, and they eventually just went with pacing, yeah, right? just went with the black and white vintage footage for the regeneration and yeah, whatnot. The regeneration, and, and, thing, and of course, yeah. they would have had, had Reese Shearsmith on there for if they were going to reenact the uh, yeah regeneration yeah. scene, yeah. So total sidebar here, based yeah. on one of our conversations off air, Toast of London. Ah, yes, and uh, one of the and one, and one of Charisma. the <laughs> and so I kept thinking that the one of the actresses who played one of Toast's very uh, psychotic girlfriends early on, in, I think the first series, Morgana Robinson, uh-huh. she would have made a very good Polly. And I think if yes. you were going to recast, she. Uh, she, she looks very similar to annika wills i think she, yeah. she could certainly carry off that polly can do attitude
0: yeah i mean you, you would have thought with i mean maybe i'm just imagining the amount of you know young blonde actresses that must be available or mm-hmm. actors that must be available young female uh blonde uh, uh, faced people um that they could have got someone who was more like right uh you know the original
1: poly um is but it, then is for it... the amount of lines that they had to do yeah, what's the point
0: yeah. i think i read somewhere aren't big finish going to do some uh yeah they uh, are. first first doctor yeah shows. With,
1: with with the cast from uh adventure and uh space and time
0: oh right so they're not going to do ben and Polly. they no. it's going to be the the original time team oh interesting mm-hmm. okay yeah well, again, yes, I mean, I think it was interesting. It was fun watching Toast because mm-hmm. um, it does have, like, a Doctor Who thread all the way through it with plenty of Doctor Who actors and, mm-hmm. you know, Tom, uh, someone dressed like Tom Baker appearing in the background basically all the way through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a yeah. nice one. Nice one for us Who fans there.
1: What did you think of Bradley's portrayal or at least the writing for Bradley's Doctor?
0: I was a bit disappointed, actually. Oh, okay. uh, I thought I thought the characterization of... The First Doctor, I mean, I think, to me, they were getting a little bit confused between The First Doctor and William Hartnell. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, obviously, William Hartnell was, you know, he was an oldish man from a particular generation and a particular attitude to things. I don't really think The First Doctor was quite as sexist towards women Mm. as certainly William Hartnell would have been or was. Uh, and i think you know that joke just went on a little bit too long for me mm-hmm. and i think it was unnecessary really mm-hmm. um i think the first doctor was a lot more alien than he was portrayed and a lot less i mean i think they kind of i think the the portrayal was a kind of like you know a sort of posh sexist idiot a little bit um, it was a little
1: too close to gatus is uh Comedic character. Yeah. Characters.
0: And when, when, and the, the doc, the first doctor isn't posh at all, mm-hmm. really. He seems posh to us now because we live in 2018 and he's right. from 1963. <laughs> but I think if you rewind, he's, he's, the, you know, the, his voice is not a, is oh, not an upper class one. And he was uh,
1: cast as kind of a working class type. character actor. William Hartnell
0: was. He was, you know, he was a sergeant. Yeah, He was a sergeant. He was a bookie. Mm -hmm. He was tough, rough, tough, working class characters. And I think anyone who knew of his acting, um, and I think, you know, at the time, I think we would identify that First Doctor character as being, in some way, weirdly classless. But if you were to ascribe a class to him, it would not be upper class. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be some kind of, you know, lower middle mm-hmm. uh, place. But again, you know, the the mannerisms and the way of speaking to our ears nowadays mark him as being more upper class, which of course he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, he obviously was... Um the character was from from time to time patronizing to right. women, as actually all of the doctors have been, you know, all <laughs> the way up until probably David Tennant, really. Mm. Oh no. No. All the all, all, all the way up until the reboot. I mean right. I think the Doctor is tends to be patronizing to people in general mm-hmm. and maybe patronizing to women in particular. Um I think I think with the, one of the things to kind of remember is that most of the female characters Female companions that William Hartnell was 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 or the first Doctor had as his companions during those first three years of the show were were, were supposed to be teenagers. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be kids of some kind, Right. Um, and therefore he was relating to them as children mm-hmm. rather than as adults. And mm-hmm. I think that would be different as well. So I I I think it was a I think it was a not accurate and maybe slightly unfortunate characterization for the first Doctor. There, well,
1: I think it was a little bit off the mark the the line i think that I've crossed over into this is just general uh moffat bad taste is the is the smack bottom line and yes the doctor did say that to susan back i think it was dalek invasion of earth i think it's
0: dalek invasion of earth yeah. but
1: that was his granddaughter it was a different time i really i mean yes okay it, it set up a a a Moffat-esque coupling type joke of, you know, the professor student thing going on. And yeah, but I just, it just, it was, it was pushing it too hard and then it made it a little too creepy and yeah, it was kind of funny, but that wasn't the type of humor that worked for me. Yeah. And I think, you know,
0: it's, it's a funny line and it's a funny line when, when Hartnell says it in Dalek Invasion of Earth, because he doesn't really give it a great reading. (laughs) And it just sounds kind of ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think, you know, it's something he only said once. I don't think it was something that he would, like, repeat over and over again. Right. Uh, And I think it's really just pulled out to kind of, you know, so that we can laugh at, you know, an old version. We can can laugh at an old version of Mm -hmm. someone. I did actually, I did enjoy some of... The Twelve Doctors kind of insults. I like the, mystery, the Mr. Pastry <laughs> reference, um, which I thought was funny. Very, um, very. But I don't think we really got the importance of Hartnell or mm-hmm. importance of this characterization. We didn't really kind of understand why this was an important person. Mm-hmm. Um, he was sort of just being a silly old man, mm-hmm. I felt. so.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess Moffat said he was inspired. Uh, he's uh, either Gatiss or someone had brought him the original Tenth Planet script, or one, that was, that they're going. And there was some uh, bit of the Doctor resisting his regeneration, the first Doctor resi- resisting regeneration, and yeah. that was kind of the inspiration for that. But the thing that I don't like about Moffat's writing is the. Overemphasis on retconning and his trying to leave his mark on every bit of Doctor Who throughout Doctor Who history, rather than, you know, he he thinks of interesting things. He thinks of uh, you know like the Weeping Angels are very popular. He has you know he created the character of Bill. Bill's very popular, but he just seems to lean too heavy on the show's history and this story in particular just seemed like it had too, crawled too far up into its uh past canon or its past uh, history okay up its backside yeah absolutely to, to I, I really hope, have I, I much of the yeah. yeah um
0: no i i agree i agree i i think um i would have liked to have seen something you know, fresh and something new. I mean, just, just come up with one last new idea. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, let's have the doctor fighting something. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think, you know, to, to, I really would have liked, you know, the, with, I think, I thought the season finale, the double episode uh, of, of the last season was, was really, really good. I've, really enjoyed it um, right. and thought mm-hmm. it was it was great doctor who i thought the the death of the doctor and the sacrifice of bill um the death the deaths of the masters or the master and the mistress mm-hmm. were were also very well done and, um, and i and i can understand why we had this kind of or, sort of you know victory lap episode over christmas but i would have liked us to have had jodie arrive at, at christmas and be you know be the new doctor and right. Just not to have a, a said this, this kind of faffing around episode mm-hmm. where everyone's kind of saying goodbye to each other, and Clara turns up, mm-hmm. which is nobody wanted because no one likes Clara.
1: Well, thankfully, it was only what a minute or so. (laughs) Thankfully, it
0: was only a minute. Um, Having you know, and and, and, I'm all right. No, no one does like Clara, and like you know, stop trying to make Clara happen, Moffat, um, because it's not going to. Um, You know, and you know, Bill turns up that makes us feel sad because Mm -hmm. Bill was a great character who should have been on the show for you know two or three seasons, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, Nardole turns up and just makes us. Oh, I wish we'd had more Nardole. We're not going to have him again. Mm Uh, so and again the sadness is not oh friends are leaving, but the sadness is like, wow, you came up with some great characters, you know, in your last season right. and we haven't had enough of them.
1: Right. And I think it was implied if they were in testimony that Nardle and Bill are and Clara are all dead. Yeah. I think that closes their and I suppose you could argue that the captain has this loophole where he didn't actually die even though he did testimony. Uh, Right. That maybe, but you would expect the doctor would have seen when Clara died within face the Raven. That testimony would have been there. He's a time sensitive individual. He should have noticed that time stops. And so I'm of the opinion that Nardole has died. And Bill, she couldn't even remember what happened with Heather. So, uh, she was rescued. And so when did when did Bill die? She she doesn't really have any memory beyond Heather.
0: I mean, I don't, unfortunately, I don't think there's enough explanation or plot in the show to actually kind of have that conversation. Hmm. You know, obviously, this is a show about time travel. So in some ways, nobody ever dies because you can always go back Mm -hmm. and you can take them out of wherever they are and you can travel with them for as long as you want and Mm -hmm. then put them back. You know, so there isn't in some ways people don't die, as I said. With with Bill, I mean, I thought she'd become some kind of hyper being of some kind, and therefore some sort of immortal. But I guess she hasn't. Maybe she's dead now, or Or, who knows? Right, there isn't really any way for us to kind of analyze this because we're Mm -hmm. not really given any information. Because there's not really any information there. I mean, Nardole's kind of a robot, so um, (laughs) we know (laughs) he's got glass nipples, which don't sound that doesn't sound comfortable at all. (laughs) Um, uh, So how can he? died but we don't really know what Mm -hmm. you know i think there was more to tell about nardole uh anyway
1: what i was hoping for is since it is a show of time travel and the doctor has his tardis going again could he have rescued nardole or what would have happened if we had just left bill being this super powerful q like being in the universe
0: well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I think, you know, if we do if we do, kind of go with that season finale and, okay, yes, uh, Bill has become a Q of some kind, mm-hmm. then surely she could return to say goodbye to the Doctor when he regenerates right. because she's a Q um, or whatever they are. In, do we in, in, need in, testimony in the, in the, for that? <laughs> we, we don't need testimony for, for that at all um, because, you know, obviously that, you know, if she's a... Uh, you know, she's become a guardian, or a you know a puddle girl. A what puddle girl? A puddle girl, or, or who are the people who sail around in the ships? You know, an immortal. Um, oh, you know, Captain Rack and all those people.
1: Oh, the Eternals.
0: And if she's become an Eternal, or you know, a T- you know, a, mm-hmm. a, any any of the kind of you know immortal beings that 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 who has in its mm-hmm. universe, then that that's fine, and that works great. But, no, we've got the testimony thing, which, is, again, as you've already pointed out, is, is something that's so hyper, unnecessarily, well, necessarily hyper-powerful so it can do all the plot things that need to get done. That It just makes it kind of, you know, I, I guess unrealistic is a stupid thing to say in the context of Doctor Who, but it doesn't really make it realistic, mm-hmm. kind of, it doesn't, doesn't give it in-show realism. It just makes it, I don't know, what were you doing here?
1: It's it's very Star Trekky. I mean, the whole cue, the whole Puddle Girls was certainly Star Trekky. But then this testimony is very Star Trekky. It just seems there are things more powerful than uh, the Enterprise can handle, or you know, it's it's like Moffat's search for God, like Dark Water, Death in Heaven, and and uh, the Doctor falls, and Twice Upon a Time, he's trying to find put put this kind of meaning to this. A universe where he invents all these very super powerful beings. I, I just it just doesn't seem to fit within the Doctor Who universe, which is very scientific. There's an explanation for everything. The Gallifreys are the oldest civilization, and thus they're the most powerful because they've invented time travel, etc. It just right. it seems to be adding adding the layers that they added, like uh, with the Guardians, and it just. I don't I don't know. I'm not sure where I'm just not I like you said there's not enough to go on. I'm not sure what to make of this other than this is Moffat exploring a theme then yeah. He doesn't really have a definitive answer because at the very end the the whole premise is what are we beyond our collection of memories? And then at the end when they're doing Bill Nardle the doctor kind of that final hug the doctor saying, you're not even really here. You're just memories in glass. You don't really understand what I'm going through. And I right, think Moffat right. as writer or Capaldi as doctor discounts or uh, rejects the idea that memories are people or memories are, are all that we are. I think the idea is that there's something more there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but again, I mean, I don't think there's... well as I said, there's not enough in this episode for us to really, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm actually, I'm kind of struggling to say anything about the episode at Mm -hmm. all, basically, because there's nothing really Mm -hmm. there. It's, it's a kind of a non episode.
1: It it is like the end of time with, Kind of delaying regeneration,
0: yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, delaying regeneration is a, a, a mm-hmm. good concept, you know. Exactly. And I, and I, I actually, in some ways, I, I, I kind of enjoyed a little bit the kind of well, you know, the, talking to the first Doctor. Well, you know, if you if you don't regenerate, if you die rather than regenerate, then blah blah blah, right. none of this will happen, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, that was mm-hmm. a good little bit. It didn't, I, it did, wasn't really explored as much as I might have liked. But um, it's just kind of drawing the whole thing out to a a stupid length and really you know regeneration is you know it was a trick in order to keep the right. show going when the main actor couldn't remember his lines anymore you know it's it's a it's a producer trick to like let's right. let's keep the show going the combination of fandom and you know fans writing the show have kind of expanded that concept into something that is just too Right. There's too much of it. There's mm-hmm. too much of it. You know, let's just get to the next. We need. Let's get to the next adventure. Uh, you know, not mm-hmm. dying is not an adventure. Uh, not dying is simply right. not dying. Um, and what's interesting about not dying is and changing into somebody else is the somebody else that you've changed mm-hmm. into, not the process by which you don't right. die and change into somebody else. Right. In my opinion,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's all I have to say.
1: Another theme I get that Moffat is exploring is the whole War Doctor, which we had in Day of the Doctor. And testimony kept going, well, you're the Doctor of War. Right. And this is something that RTD did with uh, Davros saying that d- the Doctor was a good Dalek. Right, and that was repeated right. with Rusty. Do you think that's a very fan, a fan of a particular type, uh, a showrunner type, a take or a writer type, of Doctor Who, I've never really thought of the character that way until RTD and now Moffat have really saying, "Well, really, the Doctor is not really the Doctor; he's this Doctor of War, the War Doctor, and he has all you know. Everywhere he goes, he leaves death in his footsteps." And I, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering why, why this perspective? Because this, this just doesn't. This just never really appeared it's, to in uh, my thinking of the doctor growing up.
0: I mean, my reaction to that is just like fiddlesticks. Basically, it's like no. I mean, you're only doing it because, you know, because you're a kid who wants your favorite character to be all serious, you know, because you're a moody mm. teenager, because you haven't grown <laughs> up, and you know, you, 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 you just because a character is kind of for kids it doesn't mean that it isn't you know it it doesn't mean that it can't be a serious character you don't have to have layers of of angst onto something to make it mm-hmm. make it real you know that's uh so i I, yeah, I i i find that arc of of discussion about the doctor just really frustrating and not very not very not to my taste basically um you know yes the doctor does create havoc from time to time but you know what I watch the show because I like the stories and they're super right. entertaining and they and mm-hmm. they're thoughtful. Um, I don't watch them, for really, for right. any other reason. And I, I know the Doctor isn't real. Um, therefore, the havoc that he leaves behind also right. isn't real. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really bother me that much.
1: Yeah. No. I, to, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> it just seems like it's it's it seems to be of a particular writer. That is prevalent in modern Who, and maybe even to in a lesser bit, like in the McCoy era with Cartmel, of this doctor. It's bigging up the doctor and making the doctor seem more important than the doctor probably is, in my opinion.
0: Right, right. I also agree with that. Um, I mean, I think one of the one of the more distressing arcs of the new series has to make, and actually, you know, started with McCoy. it's, I was going to say it actually started with McCoy, and I think it, I think it is a, a coefficient of fandom actually because McCoy is when fans started to be you know. Actually writing the show um, rather than uh, you know simply advising it or even mm-hmm. just liking it, you know the doctor becomes far mm-hmm. too important and you know thankfully it didn't well maybe it, actually if they had concluded that art with McCoy then we wouldn't have had to kind of resurrect it with the new series but anyway i th- I think what's cool about the doctor is is maybe he's not that important mm-hmm.
1: that that's what i've always liked about it he's really yeah. the doctor is a very intelligent being but not necessarily. He/she isn't Rassilon in the Gallifreyan society. He, he's a benefactor of what came before the Doctor, but not not the progenitor of all this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you know the Doctor has done many important things throughout his lives, throughout her, his, her, mm-hmm. their lives. But you know the the history of the universe through all time and space and through every dimension is probably more than even the doctor can affect right. um, mm-hmm. at every point so he, he he she will always ultimately be significant mm-hmm. insignificant because time is is greater right. than anyone um, and I think to imagine that you know someone uh, even as powerful as a time traveling you Practically immortal super being like the Doctor um, can can actually you know can mm-hmm. affect everything. I, I think it's uh, it's just it's just not a very satisfying mm-hmm. concept. Basically, I think what is satisfying is that like everybody, you know, he she is um, ultimately just mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah, without sounding so po- too po- poetic about mm-hmm.
1: it. So the whole weariness of Capaldi's Doctor just it's it seemed more. It seemed more of the weariness of the showrunner, <laughs> yeah, <it> could be <laughs> than, yeah. Than, than of the doctor character.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I mean, Capaldi's been has been a great yes. doctor. Um, I mean, I think I, I I would hesitate to call Moffat a great showrunner. Um, unfortunately, I think he's tried to do too much, um, and in trying to do too much, has ended up doing not enough. Um and uh, I think he he went on too long and I think he stuck with characters that he should have gotten rid of because like everybody who employs people, you don't want to lose someone because that means you're going to have to think you're going to have to mm-hmm. hire somebody else. You know, I, I, I think as everyone knows, I think Clara should have gone at the uh, that Christmas episode um, when she was going to go and then she then the actress decided that mm-hmm. she wanted to stay. I think they should have said no, sorry, even though you want to stay, right. you're going to have to go now. Uh, and I think, you know, there was, it's interesting, you know, once Moffat had made the decision to leave, that final season, I think, really mm-hmm. perked up a bit. And I think it perked up because he was, he was great. I'm, <laughs> I can leave this now because <laughs> I made the decision to go. And I think that's why that's that, that this last 10th season has been, I think, was so successful. He came up with some mm-hmm. great characters. Um, there were some pretty good stories. And there were some, to my mind, very excellent stories. Well, uh,
1: I think uh Chibnall did the right thing. I don't see a lot of regeneration trauma with Jodie Whitaker's doctor uh, with the No, first... she was like, excellent. <laughs> oh um... brilliant. <laughs> oh brilliant. That's it. Yeah. I, it was, I guess it's ah uh, brilliant. Oh <laughs> brilliant.
0: I'm from Sheffield. Then, uh, Hello. Is that right is that right accent? I, I think don't that's know. the right accent. Yeah.
1: Brilliant. Oh anyway. <laughs> so and then uh, press a button and fall out of the TARDIS. So uh, inauspicious yeah. start for the Whitaker doctor, but uh, it certainly I'm not expecting a lot of regeneration trauma, bedridden angst that we had with Tennant and Capaldi.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. I think she's going to get straight on with it. She's going to crack on That'd with it, basically. Um, especially she's living you know, in a terraced house in Sheffield <laughs> yeah, with Bradley Walsh with, with a with with Bradley Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, funny. Um, yeah, I, know, I I, 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 I'm glad that you you had that theory because that's uh, that's actually maybe kind of exciting. Well, and it's just a theory. I, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> <So. be interested. laughs> I know, but I, it's a it's a great one. It's a great one. Um, you know, maybe it will be all. It'll all be super domestic. <laughs> maybe it'll be like you know, it'll be like um, um, I don't know, Coronation Street or something or Happy Valley.
1: It it does outrule. The only way they can do did the, where where was the Dalek invasion of Earth? Was that in around Sheffield? The Dalek invasion of Earth?
0: No, that's um, that's London and Bedfordshire. Bedfordshire, yes. Bedfordshire. Okay, sorry. Bedfordshire <laughs> is just is slightly mm-hmm. north of London. I was just going to say, um, well, the,
1: now the only way they can, you know, what my, my my concern was that we needed Whitaker to face the Daleks right away. So the, we're going to yeah. need you'd need a Dalek invasion if she was an Earthbound doctor.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure they can <laughs> sort it out if they get some smart people in that room, um, smart people who like the show but understand that it has to grow and change. Then I think we'll be fine. Um, and um, she's looking really good. You know, I've seen more pictures of her mm-hmm. in her costume. And uh, it's going to be great. Well,
1: looking forward to it. It's going
0: to be it. good. It's going to be good. We are looking forward to it. It's not mm-hmm. going to come soon enough, obviously. Uh, but, then it ne- but then it never does.
1: And so uh, that kind of introduces next week's topics. Uh, in 1981, when uh, Tom Baker left the show... Uh, John Nathan Turner, producer at the time, did the five faces of Doctor Who Who. to introduce Peter Davison to the British viewing public, where they did a rerun series of five episodes of Doctor Who, showing all the actors who had played the title role. So we are going to do 13 faces of Doctor Who next week, and we're going to bring Are thirteen stories, and the only caveat that we have, or rule that we have, is each doctor has to be represented somehow in the story.
0: Yes, they do, and um, which means we can take some shortcuts Mm -hmm. if we want, Um, or maybe we (laughs) won't take some shortcuts. We'll have to find out next
1: time we reconvene. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes. Um, So, which I think I think will be a lot of fun. Uh, It'll make for it'll make for a a, 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 a it'll be quite a Doctor Who Mm -hmm. packed episode. Um, cause we're, cause if we're, we're that's both doing 26. 13, that's, tw- that's mm-hmm. 26, um, over an hour. That's really only, you know, sl- about, about two, three minutes yep. per discussion. So better yep. get our skates on.
1: So that's next time.
0: Exciting stuff. Any other final thoughts? Um, no, other than um, having now discovered again from you that there's more Cybermen um, that w- on the theatrical <laughs> release, um, I'm now looking forward to the DVD. Um, have you watched your Shada yet? Or, um, oh,
1: yes. You uh, have? Unfortun- unfortunately, sad news with Shada. I have <laughs> not been able to watch it because I have a Sony Blu-ray player oh. and the region unlocked or the region free <laughs> Shada. Does not play on Sony Blu-ray players in the U.S. You are—that's awful. So I have not been able to watch, and I've been uh, toying back and forth whether I should uh, do uh, do something else with that to get a different Blu-ray player oh or God. whatnot. But I might just wait until September. i I'm not sure what I want to do. Have oh, you God. watched Shada?
0: I have not watched Shada yet. I've not even okay. ordered, ordered the thing yet. I don't ah. have a Blu ray player because um, I'm confused by the whole concept. So <laughs> uh, I'll probably be just getting the DVD, which is causing a little bit of angst because I actually kind of want the Adrian Salmon blue. A uh, Steelbook, book, um, but that only it comes, comes only on Blu-ray. That only comes in Blu-ray. But I'm bugging if I'm going to shell out for a Blu-ray player. Plus, the other problem: if I get a Blu-ray player, I've got like just a pile of Region Two. Well, all my Doctor Who's are on Region Two, so that's not going to work. Uh, mm-hmm. So whatever. I think I'm waiting for some kind of you know magic. Uh, everything's going to come from the cloud now, isn't it? So uh, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, well- I haven't.
1: If you go back to the UK, you can always just stream it over, uh, yeah, Apple Tunes or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's 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 not on BritBox yet, is it?
1: Not that I know of. No. I think it's I think it's an exclusive on exclusive the BBC. Yeah. All right,
0: okay. Anyway, so I will I will no doubt be buying it eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was I can... was
1: very disappointed. That was that what, is disappointing. I was watch that over Christmas holiday and oh, I'm saddened for you. It, did not go according to plan.
0: Mm, the best laid plans of mice and men, and all that. Yeah. Gang afagley. Af
1: <sighs> Okay. So, well, so there you go. I think we uh, said farewell. I think to Capaldi, one of the better actors to play the Doctor.
0: He's. I think he has been. I think he has been one of the better actors, and we've also said farewell to Stephen Moffat, who's been very much a. Up and down showrunner. Um he's done some good things, he's done some bad things. Mm-hmm. Only time will tell whether yep. he is yep. one of the greats or not, because there's only been two of them so far in the new series.
1: His seven year run. I think that makes him the longest showrunner slash producer. I think he beat JNT at that point. Or no yeah, you know, J N T was nine years. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. plus then all the wilderness years when he was trying to Package the VHS up. He's trying
0: to release various versions of Sharda. (laughs) I I think the main thing I uh, think about Sharda is like, I hope this is the last time that Sharda will be released in in any form.
1: (laughs) I have a hard time thinking that they will do another take on it.
0: I can't. uh, This has to be the ultimate Sharda, surely. Now, perhaps, they can proceed to reanimating, to animating the missing episode of Web of Fear for me, (laughs) which is what they should have been doing in uh and release it with a commentary and some extras in
1: very very detailed pixar level animation yes exactly exactly <laughs> right oh oh right that's it that reminds me we can't choose like web of fear in our thing because I it's not complete
0: all, i've already had that thought exactly
1: 'Cause we have to we have to be able to broadcast this on BBC One.
0: I know. So I, I, I I've been veering towards the other one. Oh, my mind's gone blank. You know, the en- enemy of the world is mm. my mm. trout. So Though probably it'll probably be Tomb of the Cybermen. But I don't well, well no well, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers, yeah. Spoilers. We're
1: getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. That's that's
0: <laughs> all next week. All right, everybody, all right. before we spoil any more, have a great night and thanks for listening to our podcast. Yep. Yeah, thanks. Good night. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to the Metabilis 2 podcast. You can reach us with email at metabilis2, that's a number 2, at gmail.com, or on Twitter at metabilis2, and again, that's a number 2. Hope to hear from you. Bye.
0: Doctor Who? You can fuck that sky high. Not after last time. No
1: way. Well, that's no way to greet a fellow scientist. Would you like a jelly baby? We grow weary of your adolescent diversions, Doctor.
0: Take him to the laboratory. I'm sure a dissection on that brain could prove very useful to us. Yes.